When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Who's Got Next, presented by Ray's Sports Rant. And, of course, we are a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Uh, give us a follow over on the network at DeanBlundellNet. Uh, and, of course, our founder at It's Dean Blundell. Let me introduce you to the boys. To my left. We've got our resident angry nerd, Mr. Producer Mike. Right below him, we've got the sexiest man in Massachusetts, the Boston Boomer, the Boston heartthrob, Mr. Connor Commentary. To his right, we've got the table jumper, the disgrace of the 716 from Hashtag Sports, Mario. And ladies and gentlemen, I am your resident Canadian. I am Toronto's pride and joy. Your MC and the hostess with the mostest, Ray Rowe. Gentlemen, how are you? What's going on, boys? Wow, Mario, the the disgrace of the seven one six. What did you do to earn that? Oh man, I I don't even know. Unless they're bringing up stuff from my mid twenties. <laughs> well, what happened? That, I was, came that very, was before social media. You were good back then. Oh, yeah. I came I came very close to saying the pride of the 716. But we have another Buffalo. We got a bunch of Buffalo Bills creators. And I was like, oh, man, I know. Like, I can't. Pride to send my pride. Shows where you sit on the list, I guess, Mario. <laughs> oh, now I'm the only man not wearing sunglasses. My eyes aren't going to be protected. This isn't good. You're a, Do you you're own the aviators? Bob, you don't need I don't, them. no. I I you guys are all prepared. Do you want we're doing this? <laughs> I don't have sunglasses now. You don't own sunglasses? What are you doing? I don't, bright sun- I don't think what are you I doing do. on bright sunny days in the winter with the snow? I just drive around, man. And just, just hope for the best? Yeah, just hope for the best. Hope, hope nothing happens. He's 27 years old. Away. He doesn't need to protect his eyes yet. <laughs> is, is that how it goes? The younger you are, the you know, the, the less you have to use protection. You don't need to do anything. <laughs> well, it's, you it's, should, you should use protection. <laughs> There's certain protections you should use. There's certain protections you should definitely use. Yeah, we're, like two, the, we're two minutes, 30 seconds. Like, bullet, like a bulletproof vest or something. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Double wrap. What are you, a teacher? Yep. <laughs> Any way you go out these days, right? You got to be prepared. All right, boys. So I struggle to bring up a Toronto sports story that we can all talk to. But I think I got one this week that everybody can speak to. Because Terry Francona could possibly hit the open market this year. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. He has a relationship with the old president and general manager of Cleveland and Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, who are now the brass of Toronto. And I want to talk a little bit about Francona because I'm going to say since the Bobby Cox days, Toronto hasn't, you know, attracted a sort of superstar coach. We all know what Francona did. And this isn't a, a shot at Cito Gaston, but when he became the manager of the Blue Jays, he was no superstar. 
he was the bench coach that got promoted to manager. But Connor, obviously, you're very, very uh, familiar with with Terry Francona uh, back from the Boston Red Sox days. Uh, Mario, you'd probably be familiar because the Yankees are a big deal where you're from, and he was the manager in the during the Yankees collapse or the Red Sox comeback, whatever you want to call it. And Mike, you're from Boston, so I'm sure you've heard the name uh, Terry Francona before. Oh yeah. Funny story about Terry Francona, just to really do the Toronto connection. So he was here a couple of years ago with with Cleveland. And we saw him, they, they, they cut the video of him just throwing a fit in the dugout. And like, it was really weird because it was between innings that had happened and like they couldn't figure out what it was. So they talked to him after the game and they're like, you know what happened? And he said that he was putting his chew in his mouth or his bundle, as he called it. He was putting his bundle in his oh, mouth. There's always a bundle. And he lost a tooth. His tooth just fell out and he was screaming Ugh. at people to find a dentist. <laughs> That's what he was flipping out about. And then they said, well, we can't put the tooth in. They, we got a dentist, but he can't do it till tomorrow. And he was like, no, get that fucking dentist here now. <laughs> and uh, basically, they found some dentist, and he showed up at like that, opened up his office for him at like one in the morning after the game and, and reinserted his tooth. Oh, my gosh. But, Connor, I want to kids. I want to address this question to you first because you're very familiar with Francona. You look at the the makeup of Toronto's lineup with Vladdy and Bo Bichette, and you know, then you got George Springer and some of the older guys. Is Francona not like the perfect guy now to sort of manage those egos? And you got the mixture of the young and the old. Like, is he not the perfect guy that Toronto could maybe go after? One hundred percent. And it would line up perfect. I imagine this is wherever he ends up is probably going to be the last gig of his career. I don't know exactly how old he is, but. I don't think he's old enough to retire, but he's probably not going to be around for a whole heck of a long time. And it is perfect because they do have like the firepower to win. And they also have all these young guys who really need somebody like Frank Kona, who's been around for a while, who can mentor everyone. And like you said, one of the biggest parts of baseball is making sure you just balance all of the personalities because it's 162 games. You're constantly together. So that's one of the big, big issues there. And Frank Kona seems to be able to do it no matter where he goes because I literally don't think he's been unsuccessful in any venture to date. And he's been in the league forever. No, and let's not forget, like, he took Cleveland to the World Series a few years ago. He just yeah. brought a very young Cleveland team and put the Yankees on the brink of elimination at Yankee Stadium. Now, I will say that he, I got why he made the decisions he made last night uh, from his starting pitching perspective because it, it's a little bit questionable right um you're going to game five and instead of starting shane bieber who's you know your ace on three days rest you decide to go with aaron savalli who gives up three runs in less than an inning i think he pitched a third of an inning so but i think that francona has uh earned enough trust and and enough clout that he can make those kind of mistakes what i want to put out what what i guess what i want to get at though when i'm putting this out here is the one knock that Francona gets is his last year in Boston, right? Um, the the beer and the wings. And yeah, w- was that just a collection of guys who needed to go? The Josh Beckett's yeah. and like, can you really put that on Francona? Or is that because I no. heard Dustin Pedroia was pissed about them and it was, and it was it just like, okay, Terry, we have to let you go because you were, you know, that was on your watch. And then I think all those guys were gone the next season. Yeah, and you, you you know what? I think prior to that, he had people like David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez. They all joked around and had fun and had a good time, but they didn't take it to the extreme where 
they were eating chicken, playing video games, and drinking beer like while the team was playing. So I think Frank Conan was a very relaxed and loose manager. They took advantage of that, and he had absolutely no way that they could get rid of them. They were playing all these guys $30 million a year. They had these huge inflated contracts, and they decided that they were going to play Call of Duty and, and eat Kentucky Fried Chicken and drink beer during the games, and he couldn't really get rid of them. No one wanted their contracts either. John Lackey wasn't going anywhere. No one was going to take them. But yeah, then they unloaded Josh Beckett, and I, he probably just took the blame for those those guys being dopes. Mario, you have a very interesting uh, factoid about Francona, do you not? Mr. Francona, we know, some of us know, that he coached the GOAT. Tom Brady? For No. Nick the, other, goat, the GOAT of baseball. The David GOAT Ortiz. of basketball. He coached uh, Michael Jordan when he was with the Barons. He was down oh. there. He was the manager down of the Barons. Um, Interesting yeah, fact of the day. It was pretty crazy. No, I, th- I think as far as, you know, Frank Hona going to Toronto, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's you want a manager that checks a lot of boxes. All right, did he make his mistakes? Yes. He sent, spent a year out of baseball, and then he came back with the Cleveland. He took a um, he took a Boston team that was actually very, very good. They just need a little bit more direction. And what does he do? He wins two World Series championships with them. What does he do with um, – with Cleveland, with Cleveland, he takes a team that won sixty some games, and then w- they win ninety something the next year. Like he turned that around, and literally had a three-one lead against the Cubs, and should have won another World Series. You know, so you know his fourth year, he wins a World Series with um, Boston. His fourth year, he takes the you know the, at, at that time the Cleveland Indians to the World Series against the Cubs. You know, how long the only question is, how long would you be willing to wait? He's 63 years old. Would he want to come across the border? I don't know how the finances work with that stuff. But the thing with Francona is you're going to get a seasoned manager who will be a face of your franchise that will take the bullets for all the young talent that you have. And that's what that's what you want up there. Mike, anything you want to weigh on Francona before we move on? Yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, this is actually the Francona era is when I really started and stopped paying attention to the Red Sox pretty religiously. And it's, you know, as I, as I normally do, I can make a, you know, reference to new England here, you know, most of his time in Boston, you can recognize him for just, you know, one word and that's winning, you know, kind of reminded you of Belichick at the time took a uh, kind of middle of the road franchise at that point and really, uh, you, you know, got them going. Well, yeah, because I think at one point, right, you had the Celtics at Doc Rivers, you had Francona, yeah. you had Belichick, and then you had uh, what's his name, um, uh, the Frenchman in uh, in Boston. Oh, oh God, Julian, uh, Claude Julian, Claude Julian, Claude Julian. Yes, Julian that was in him, Boston, yeah. and you just had this this Mount Rushmore of coaches yes. all coaching at yes. the same time. Uh, it was phenomenal. All right, guys, I appreciate you. Um, getting in the Toronto sports talk because you know, that's our audience now, right? So we got to get in the Toronto sports talk over here on the Dean Blundell network at DeanBlundell.com. Give us a follow at D Blundell net and at it's Dean Blundell. You can also follow Mike at producer underscore Mike and follow Connor at, at Connor commentary, follow Mario at hashtag 2.0. And of course I'm over at, at DPN underscore Ray and Mario, just so you know, you have to uh, adjust your thing to put 2.0 there. You only have at hashtag. Ah, uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, the lights are going off. Okay. Um, so we're not going to return to our regularly scheduled programming. And I'm going to go where I never go first. Mario, you got first. You never come to me first? No, it's either Mike or Connor. I realized that the other day. So you got first. 
That's fine. Uh, I I have a sports and non-sports related one, but I want to go. Uh, I definitely want to go clockwise, starting with Mike. On oh, this here one. we go with the clockwise again. Okay, just know you're going <laughs> second. You're going after Mike. Okay. I'll say that. Uh, I want to. I want you guys to name a player that made you fall in love with the game of football. It could be anybody. It could be. Hey, you know, there was this guy that played varsity when I was coming up through youth football that was really, you know, really influential in my career. It was my parents or anything like that. What is the one player, that guy that played football, that you you ended up falling in love with the sport? I'm interested to see what you'd say. Um, I'm going to skip the obvious here. I think we've mentioned this before. I could say Tom Brady, so I'm going to go with kind of a defensive player that rekindled my love of football when the – you know, Patriots were kind of, you know, middle of the road, just going to the AFC championship every year. Um, watching, actually, I'll, I'll say a couple people, watching the trifecta of Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, and Chandler Jones uh, really got me reinvigorated to watch football get involved in it and kind of appreciate it from the defensive side of football so i'm not gonna not gonna necessarily name one player in this case again because i think it would be brady which again that's kind of boring but yeah those three watching those guys on defense with mayo it, it was awesome it was awesome that's good you're not going with general brady huh no, nah, we've done that before. He's turning into a weirdo. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> I'm sure Aaron, we'll Ro- Aaron Rodgers Jr. I'm going did with you, the two- Sorry, did you guys, uh, did everybody get up this morning and thank Tom Brady for his service? Why do you think I, I called him I General did. Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the 2001 Patriots as a whole, man. That's when I really started to fall in love with football. That's when I really became old enough to kind of like actually follow it and understand. I was like nine or 10 years old when Drew Bledsoe got injured. But they had everybody, man. That team was awesome. They had Adam Vinatieri. They had Ty Law. They had Lawyer Malloy. They had Tabucky Jones, Willie McGinnis. They had uh, Teddy Bruschi. They had uh, Troy Brown. Antoine Antoine Smith was the running back. That whole team was just awesome, dude. They were one of the scrappiest teams. That could be my favorite team of all time, the 2001 Patriots. And just the timing for me. At that time, I started to really figure out how to watch football. I, that's a great team to watch if you want to learn was. To play the game. I mean, that's pretty, was. pretty amazing. Ray, what do you got, bud? I'm next. Yeah. This one might surprise you, boys. It might really, really surprise you. Um, my, I always say that my favorite player of all time is Willie McGinnis and then Dante Hightower. But it's probably fair to say they're my favorite Patriots players of all time. My favorite player of all time and the guy that made me fall in love with the game of football. Can I can I just read this to you guys? Can I just read you his last year of college? Sure. He was a unanimous All-American, the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, Big Ten Most Valuable Player of the Year, the Doak Walker Award, the Maxwell Walker Award, the Walter Camp Award, the Heisman Trophy winner. Then he was the 1996 Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Dyson went a yard short to give him his championship. The guy who made me fall in love with football is Eddie George. Um, George, nice. Ooh, I was gonna go Ron Dane when you kept saying Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Johnny Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was an Ohio State fan. Um, didn't get much Ohio State games back then, but you got a lot of the bowl games and that kind of thing. Eddie George 
uh, still, in my opinion, is the greatest running back to ever run for Ohio State. I know that some people, I know that like Sermon broke some records. I know that um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, no, not Elliot, the guy for uh, Dobbins for uh, Baltimore. I think he broke oh, all yeah. of Eddie George's records. But to me, um, and, and I mean, he broke all of Eddie George's records and then Sermon broke his records the next year. Like now it's just, we're in that era of just breaking records where Eddie George held those records from 1995 onward up until the, the late 2000 or the early 2020s. Uh, Eddie George to me is still the greatest running back to ever run for Ohio state. I own two Ohio state or Eddie George, Ohio state Buckeye jerseys. And he's the guy who made me fall in love with football. And you know what? I mean, I've been a Patriots fan since 96, but that's why I've always had a soft spot for the Titans because of Eddie George. Like I don't cheer for the Titans, but I have a soft spot for them because I was cheering for Eddie George to win. I wanted him to win the Super Bowl so badly. And I mean, with Brave Brable there now, it's kind of made it like it, it's kind of continued on the softness. But yeah, it's Eddie George. A, oh, a great, great football pick. life, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it. Eddie oh, George. it's phenomenal. Yeah, really fantastic. Good. Really good. Fantastic. I yeah. actually I, I have it. I paid for it and downloaded it so I could have it on my phone every yes. time I wanted to watch it. That's how much I enjoyed it. Eddie yeah, George I remember it being so very, very good. One of a kind. You don't see uh, other than George. I think the next guy that you would, you would think of would be like an Adrian Peterson in the style that they ran with. They were the, yeah. They ran yes. angry, very hard all the time. Right, and it was it was amazing to watch. Um, I, when I was when I was seven years old, I received a Jerry Rice jersey, and I didn't know what football was at the time. And my brother, you know, he was a, he was a Jet fan growing up, and he he bought. Sad. He bought, <laughs> he ended up buying a Montana jersey just because I bugged him so much to reenact the catch. Um, with, uh, and it wasn't even Rice that caught it. It wasn't even right. It was, it was um, Dwight Clark, but I just wanted to <laughs> yes. do the catch all the time. So he bought a Montana jersey to match my Rice jersey. And I, you know, I grew up watching the 49ers a lot and watching mainly my brother. Like he was the guy that I watched and I followed for football all the time. And everything that he did, I would study. I would be like, okay, why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? And uh, he, he got me into the cerebral part of it because I was never the biggest, never the strongest, never the fastest. So he was the guy that was like, here, you got to be more cerebral than everybody out there because you're not all of these things. You can't just grab the ball and run 80 yards with it. You have to figure out who could you get the ball to to run the ball 80 yards for you. And I said, okay, all right, I'm going to try to learn what this game is uh, at a very young age. So. That would be my answer. No, that's that's baller. And you have like a soft spot for San Francisco, don't you? I do. I do. I have a very yeah. I do Jimmy G, huh? I don't know about <laughs> him. Loves him. Mean, the, the, guy, the guy's nailing uh, nailing uh, stars on Cornhub. So I don't. I don't know if he, I want to. I think hey, Mario was more of an Alex Smith guy, right? wasn't he? You had Alex Smith. Alex okay, Smith. Alex Smith was good talent. Yeah. You know? That guy was brilliant. You guys don't know how smart Alex Smith was. You know, you know what? Since we're on there, because I always say like Eddie George is the one guy that like always hurts me that he's never won a championship. Yeah, Frank Gore is probably another one. Oh like, yeah, that's, that's a guy Gore. I wish could have won. I mean, he played Longest for those career sh- ever. shitty San Francisco teams for There's so long. Guys. There's a lot. There's that list. That list could be an episode of Who's Got Next, guys. Eddie, put in I mean, the comments uh, if you want us to everyone. do an episode like that. Like, yeah, greatest, I would love to do it non-title winning players that they don't have to be the best. They're just guys that you wish would have won one. Like for me, it's Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald won one. You know He'll be I mean? back. He'll be back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Week 12. Well, thank you, Mario. Okay, Final guys. We'll, we'll just go. We'll just continue going clockwise. So I'll take next. Um, 
So here's my, and I'm going to go back to, to the Blue Jays for a second, but it's to set up my question. So I don't know if you guys saw just that devastating defeat. They had to get knocked out of the playoffs uh, last Saturday on Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada. You know, they, they're up 8-1 game two, the wild card game, and they lose 10-9, like just, just heartbreaking. And I have paid attention to the, to the playoffs since then, but I haven't watched religiously or cared. Outside of the NFL, and I'm actually bad about this too when the when the Patriots aren't in it. Um, even though honestly, because I'm covering the Bills, I've hardly even watched the Patriots this year. I'm stuck watching these friggin' Buffalo games all the time and focusing on them. But uh, it's probably oh, yeah. better because I haven't I haven't watched the last two games and apparently they've done really well. So I might just not watch anymore just so they can win. But I want to ask you guys: Do you care when your favorite team in any sport is out of the playoffs? Do you care about the playoffs moving forward? Um, we'll go counterclockwise, Mario. I'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> being an avid football fan, as I, I just said that I am, uh, and surviving basically 17 years of the drought, I had to be a fan of football of other teams. And it <laughs> it actually it actually forced me to look around the league a little bit more and be a little bit more broad in my search and knowledge of other players. Because, you know, if your team's winning and they're always in it, it seemed like you get that tunnel vision or like, you know, you got the blinders on and stuff like that. For 17 years – you know, as I was a Buffalo Bills fan during the drought, I watched the playoffs and I watched the Super Bowl just like everybody else. And I just started to see all these other different types of players. I'm like, okay, that is what you kind of have to do to get a championship squad. Why isn't the team that I cheer for doing that? So, so I you just watch the Patriots every week just to see I, what they were doing. That's I all did. you would do, just New England. <laughs> that eight-yard passing tree haunted my dreams. You know what I mean? But it was it was great. What, JP Lossman couldn't throw it eight yards, or Trent Edwards <laughs> couldn't throw it eight <laughs> yards, or oh god, DJ Manuel, EJ nice. Manuel, yeah. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor you? MVP. Ty- yeah, nice. yeah, Tyrod MVP. Nathan Tyrod Peterman Taylor. definitely could. We know that. There we go. Do you remember when um in, in, in LA when Dr. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Dr. Break Your Ribs? No, the other no. Um <laughs> shit. I'm ruining the joke because I just I just drew a blank on the quarterback's name. Who's the Tyra quarterback? Taylor? No, who's the quarterback uh, of the Chargers? Herbert, Herbert, yeah, Herbert, yeah. When Dr. Herbert gave uh, Tyrod Taylor that shot to help him out and accidentally punctured his lung. So <laughs> that guy's had the worst luck. Hey, but Tyrod Taylor is still somewhere getting paid. That guy's made so much money at this point. But do you yeah. realize with Tyrod Taylor that he's like the setup man for the next generation of quarterback? Now, I know that things didn't work out, but when you look at his career, and the teams he played for, he's always the guy who like Lamar Jackson comes in after him. Baker came in. I know it didn't work out with Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield comes out out after him. Justin Herbert follows up went after he's the quarterback. Did he did did Allen was he success Taylor? Was there somebody in between there? Peterman. Oh, uh, because I don't count that. So then <laughs> Allen comes Peterman's in a season him, later. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's he's always the guy who's there right before the big quarterback comes out onto the field. <laughs> he should come over to the Patriots first next season. Oh my god! All right, and then Connor, will come in. Well, I mean Bailey Zappi's gonna oh, is gonna be MVP this year. Easy. By the way, I'm I'm totally on the Bailey Zappi train. Just so you guys know, like one hundred. Let it. Rip. If, Ma- oh. if Mac Jones rip. comes out and throws two interceptions and looks like shit, I'm gonna be screaming for Bailey Zappi to be out on the field playing. I will be too. Just so you guys roll know. your eyes like you might, Mike. What has Mac Jones done this year besides be shit? 
He has not been good. He I blame uh, I blame frying pan hands for some of those interceptions. So we'll, like he uh, blames everybody. Uh, Matt Patricia was a problem until Bailey Zappi was on the field. Now all I'm seeing is everybody talking about like, oh, he's doing pretty I'm good not, as I'm offensive not, coordinator. I'm not. I'm not blaming. I'm not. Blaming you were blaming Matt anything. when Mac Jones was there. Yes, you were. I was. I'm in the group. Chat. I'm not blaming anybody for anything. Do I, need I to would like to put my uh, I would like to put my submission in <laughs> to be a candidate for the president of the Bailey Zappi fan club. Oh, we, well, you, so, can be, you can be vice president. Uh, if I Mar- get voted for that, that'd be great. Tyson this goes Mar- back to the thing that I mentioned a couple weeks but... ago. Tyson's when, already there. <laughs> when New England is winning, everybody is like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. When we lose, everybody's like, everybody sucks. Get this them out of here. This is true. Yeah, but what, what's the common name? Two what's the common terrible teams. And, two- and, and hung with Green Bay. And, and and put on a performance against Green Bay, which to this day I'll blame, another terrible team. I'll blame Belichick for the stupid defense at the end in, in overtime. Otherwise, he would have won. He would have been three and zero. They yeah, they probably should have beat Green Bay. I feel like the defense was we tired have the, at the worst end, defenses in the league right now. And as somebody who pr- appreciates defensive football, I I think you you know would notice that the Patriots' defense has actually been taking the ball away the last three weeks. So. That's been giving the Pats the extra possessions they need to actually do stuff. We'll see, man. All I all I think is that I'm not saying I'm not saying Zappy's bad. bad. I'm just saying, like, let's slow down because you know if they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna go with him over Mac. All of a sudden, the kid dumps the bed in uh, you know New York in a couple weeks, and they're like, oh, he's garbage. Why didn't they have Mac in? Oh my God, he played two terrible teams. You can you can insert this. Oh clip yeah, as, and as me Mac in two weeks. Jones looks so dominant over the Pittsburgh Steelers, who lose to everybody, everybody, and whose defense has been shit. Ten percent play action versus thirty-six percent play action. See, you're blaming you're blaming Pete. You're blaming call, play calling. It's working for Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. They've been calling more play action. Mac Jones was garbage this year. And everybody knows it, and everybody's seen it. He was this this year in, hot in one game, one game, three, it two, was, uh, three games. He got hurt, and he got hurt. Garbage in one game. He played well against the Ravens. No, he uh, did. Nah, the Ravens too many mistakes. He, what, what all his interceptions when when the defense kept keeping him in you the mean game. One that was against Aguilar. One that Devontae Parker could have played oh, DB on God. and kept the guy away from the Do ball. Do you know what this reminds me of, Mario? Because you're old enough to remember this. Yes, sir. Because my dad was that guy. This Belichick bomb putting in Brady over Bledsoe. You know what I mean? He should be fucking fired for that. this. He should be fired for this. You got Drew Bledsoe, the best quarterback in the NFL, and they're putting him in over Drew, and they're putting this Tom Brady kid in. Brady had an okay career. I, I think. I think. Connor, do you care about Mac your Jones team when they get knocked out of the playoffs? This season is, is ridiculous. <laughs> The long and short answer of that is predominantly no, except in football. In football, I watch every play of every game pretty much. But in baseball, I did watch a little bit of the playoffs. I probably will still watch a little bit of it, but I'm not closely watching it at all. I don't know when they're playing or who's playing. I did watch a little bit of the Yankees game the other night just to see them lose, just so I could laugh, but they ended up winning, I guess. So, 
Yeah, so so you're kind of like me. Like if you're home doing nothing and it's on, you'll watch. But exactly, you won't go out of your way to watch a game where there's like 100. Casey Stern, who's on the network. You know what I mean? Like he, the Mets are out, but he has not missed a game, and he's PVRing games that aren't on right now. You know, or that are on at yep. the same time, so he can watch them after. Like this guy, just he's obsessed with baseball. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm kind of even with football, dude. I'm gonna be honest. I wish I had that type of obsession. Football is on during the playoffs if the Patriots are out. But I'm not saying that I'm sitting there really paying attention. Like that Chiefs-Bills game last year, I probably started paying, like really paying attention in the fourth quarter when things went ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it was well, going back and forth. Like I like Great game, by the way. Yeah, like a lot of times when you see me tweeting about games on Monday nights, the game is on and I'm catching it out of the corner of my eye, but I'm doing other things. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, let me, let me ask you guys this. Because you know Boston, you got you Red Sox and Yankees fans are in here too. Um, the 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 New York Yankees went to the playoffs so often that when they didn't make the playoffs, it something didn't seem right with the playoffs. Do you guys get that feeling with the Patriots now? Because they go every year. Now that they they weren't, you know, if they don't go, is it going to be like something's wrong or something's off? Something well, is something is wrong. They need tons of people need to be blamed, and we need to find a scapegoat. <laughs> Yeah, that's, but, that's what needs to happen. But can I be real? When we talk about the, the Yankees and the Red Sox, though, the like mid 2000s, like the 2004 and on mm-hmm. rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees, like with Pedro, and, to me, kind of ruined postseason baseball moving forward because I don't think I will ever feel the emotion I felt during those series. Like, you know, the Who's Your Daddy series with Pedro and then the Ortiz yep. home run and back to back years. It was electric. Right? Back yeah, to back year, they knocked the Red Sox out the year before. The Red Sox knock out the the Yankees years after. The Yankees sweep the Cardinals in the World Series, or the uh, Red Sox sweep the Cardinals in the World Series. Like those two, I think it was two or three years in a row that they played. To me, just I will never do. And then you wrap up like you mix in like it, it's right after nine eleven. It's New York. You know what I mean? The, the the country's in war, and it was like everybody was just wrapped up in this series. To this day, I can still, and I know they were doing it last night to somebody else, but to this day, dude, I know I know you won't like this as a Red Sox fan, Connor, but I can still hear, like, who's your daddy? Like, just the entire Yankee Stadium, and it's old Yankee Stadium, just yep. showering in on Pedro. I think it's ruined postseason baseball for me, to be real, because yeah. I don't think I'll ever feel that again, unless, like, the Blue Jays are in it, and I'm cheering for them to try to go to a World Series. Like, I have, I have no... I, at least the Yankees are there, and I think it'll be a better series because I would have had zero interest in the Astros and the Guardians, to be honest. Because the and the Astros are gonna are gonna kick the crap out of the Yankees too. Like the Astros are going to the finals. The NL the NL right now is better with the Dodgers out, the Braves out, the Mets out. Like the big boys are all out, right? But yeah, that those Yankee Red Sox series were just electric. Yes, Mike, definitely. do you care if your team's out of the playoffs? At this point, no, I really don't because I expect it. So, you know, I, I really I think even in 2019, I started to appreciate, again, a lot more football outside of just New England football. You know? Yeah, I just don't care. I don't watch. I, I hardly watch NBA playoffs if the Raptors are out. Uh, again, I'm, I'm slightly paying attention to baseball playoffs. I slightly pay attention to NFL I barely watch hockey as it is, so I'm definitely not paying attention to the playoffs if the Leafs are out. I just don't care. All right, we need to move on here. And Mike, you got next. All right, I'll 
usually I'm the one to divert the subject, but it's this time of the season for football. So I want to, you know, get everybody's takes on this, uh, you know, any, uh, trade speculation that you guys, uh, can make before the deadline here or anybody that you would like to see moved Mario. I know you guys kind of did a big video on this, uh, last week with Christian McCaffrey, but anybody for the quarterback right now. That's a good point. It's a good question, right? Who needs a quarterback that they have the, to trade? The Bills are definitely looking to move Josh Allen at this point, I would imagine. Well, I figure the Patriots should get at least a first-round pick for Mac Jones if they wanted to make that move, right? <laughs> the Steelers. You think the Steelers would be interested in Mac? Yeah, potentially, right? Do you know What's who won't be? The Giants won't be. I'll tell you that much. I want to see the, the Giants. Giants I, want to see, I want to see New York make a move. At, at the trade deadline and uh, and try to actually go for it. Because, I mean, Saquon looks like rookie Saquon. Daniel Jones looks like he's a capable quarterback. Dayball's a good coach. Look at that. Yeah, one, of, one of the reasons I brought this up, too, was there's a lot of there's a lot of talk that the – not this year, but, um, you know, the Ravens could be looking to move Lamar Jackson. Well, it would, would have to be this year. Wild. It wild. would have to be this year. His contract's up after this year. Oh, maybe maybe it would be this year at the deadline. Yeah, that would be then. that would be an absolute unheard of blockbuster. Although Dude. we've seen we've seen quarterbacks get moved all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. but at mid season, you get you yeah. move on from. Uh, I, I crazy. Unless John Harbaugh is calling it a career at the end of this year, and you're just yeah, I don't know. Uh, did you guys know that Chris Olave expects to to play against the Cardinals? I did not, but now I do. That's After the way he got hammered last week, really? good for him. Sorry, sorry to go off track. It just popped in. I was trying to see uh-huh. who needs a quarterback for Mac. Who would want Mac Jones? Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, the Saints could use a quarterback. Right. I think that the Denver Broncos should trade Nate Hackett to college. <laughs> or at least give him a clock or something. East, East Southwest Community State is looking for him. Uh, other, than, other than Urban Meyer, is he going to be one of the shortest uh, tenured NFL coaches? Period. Honestly, like, like, like the the they got the the Broncos got fleeced, thinking that he was Big the time. one that was for the responsible for Aaron Rodgers' success in Green Bay. You know, Aaron probably was, didn't even talk to the guy. I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure. in the silent treatment for like 10 years. I don't even think that Mike went into his helmet. No, I think the floor was talking on the entire time. So, so, let, so let's go going, going down that, going down that line. You know, who's going to make a shit ton of money in the next year or two in college football. Matt Tommy. rule. No, Matt rule being Matt fired Rule's by the make Panthers. A ton of money, no matter what. No, I know, but I'm saying though, being fired by the Panthers, is the best thing they get, that guy's a great college coach. You know what I mean? He needs to go back to college and just stay there and get paid a shit ton of money by like LSU or somebody just to to coach college ball. That's a good plan. Yeah. Must be it nice. Be. Some, I go of the wrong guys, some of these guys that they, they come into the pros sometimes, you know, it's like a guy where you think he's he's a really good wide receiver and he's an, he's been a number two on a team. He's been like the second you know second option and stuff like that. And then one team wants to pay him a bunch of money to be their number one wide out, and it just doesn't work out. There are just some guys that are better off either as coordinators with a guy above them, or they're just better in college. And you know, sometimes that. How many times was Mike? Josh McDaniels. Yeah, right. Bad, you said it. I know. How many? No, I was. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. It's the second time now as a head coach, it's not working. Right. 
No. Yeah, so you bring them. It's, it's a little early, though. You know, I'll you tell you what, though. Yeah, no, it's stuff. not early. One not in, for that amount of talent. Off, I'm putting the lock in right now. Next season, Josh McDaniels will be the Patriots OC, and Matt Patricia will be the Patriots DC. Wow. You watch. I'm locking it in. They're going. They're running it back. They're running it back to 2018 or 2017. Mike Vrabel. No. <laughs> no, Belichick. Belichick will be around for a couple more years. Yeah, Belichick's staying, and he's going to set the record. Yeah, now that he's he moved into second, now that he moved into second, yeah. No, he moved. No, he's solo now. Oh, he's I think okay. that the win put him solo. So, I th- I think he's going to be in Kraft. Just won the most winningest owner or something like that of all time this year. I think that. Yeah. Once he once he reaches Shula, and Shula's talked a lot of shit about him. That's why I think that he's really locked in on on beating Shula. Once he beats Shula, he'll he'll he call it for again. Shula. Yeah, and Shula's talked a lot of shit about him. Yeah, he's going to acknowledge Shula by name. If anyone's time. keeping a 30 year uh, revenge, it's, yeah, no, it's, grudge. it's a little less than 30 years. No, because Shula talked about the flake gate and said that Belichick's record shouldn't count. And he spy said gate. a lot of, he spy said gate. a lot of, Spygate, sorry. Uh, he said a lot of things about Belichick. Wow. Yeah. Now Belichick's going to bury him. Speaking you of which, it's going to be a year, though. Just like they're done no. with McDaniels after this year, the Raiders. Yeah, he's Let's done see. after this year. That, I know, but a, a lot of pro teams are setting a very dangerous precedent by getting rid of guys that quickly. You know what I mean? I mean, as a guy who watched the Bills for 20 years, cycling coaches every two to three years, you got and there were there were different coaches with different philosophies. So what happened was all the guys that they would draft and acquire weren't part of that system. So then they would go to other teams and be, have success. They were like, why are we the farm team for the rest of the NFL? And that that's not a recipe for Stephon Gilmore, Chris Hogan. Right, that's it, those guys. That. That's you're welcome. That's what you I can't thought. have that amount of talent. Seven eleven Raiders, Raiders have and be that bad. I'm sorry, especially on offense. Defense, you might be able to suck on offense. Maybe you maybe Derek Carr bad. sucks. Maybe I, because I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be know. honest with you. Derek Carr is playing football the way Derek Carr has always played football this year. He had a really good year last year, and I think uh, myself included got caught up in the hype. Derek Carr has never been a good quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? It's second. Okay. Never been a great quarterback. He's been okay. Yeah, that's fair. yeah. He's been an okay quarterback and he's had weapons around him his whole career. I'm sorry. Look at who he's played with. Maybe outside of a couple ga- a couple years. You know what I mean? Like he's had weapons around him. Um, But can we also put out here? I mean, I know we want to blame McDaniel. I know Mike, Mike will blame McDaniel's going to won the Super Bowl and been undefeated. He would have found a way to say it wasn't that gives Josh no credit. Right. Right. The same way that it's not Mac Jones's fault that he was shit this year, but Mac Jones, amazing. Oh yeah, just blew the game against Baltimore. Barely beat Pittsburgh. Looked like shit against Miami. Outside of that, though, it's been great. We're on um, to Cincinnati. But um, I but the the point I was making is is one thing that we talked about in the offseason we're not talking about now. We kept how Mario, you and I talked about this a lot. What is who's Devontae Adams without Aaron Rodgers? You know what I mean? Yeah, and may, maybe Devontae Adams has been fine. Ha, but he hasn't been really Devontae good. Adams. No, he hasn't been really good. Are we talking about Devontae up- Adams, the player, or the Devontae Adams, the uh, the guy that uh, pushed down the cameraman? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy should have been standing there, all right? But this is what I'm saying. Is he been fine? Or is he putting up the same numbers he did in Green Bay? It's got to no. be close, right? No. He has three. Uh, there's only five games. He has five touchdowns and 300-yard games. So he's gone over That's- 100 three out of five times, and he has five TDs. It's like a touchdown a game. 
Well, I mean, you got to take that with a grain of salt too, because he's probably better they're, in they're, Green Bay. They're one in four. They're one in. They're what? They're one in four. You shouldn't expect like, him to get as much either, because again, the weaponry on that Raiders team, the ball should be getting spread around, right? Oh, so absolutely. Like, you have the room, bro. You they've have they've been league. behind in a lot of games. They have been. I watched that game a couple of weeks ago. Weeks ago too. They like. Yeah, Devontae was getting his catches, but he was the only one. So is it something where they're maybe looking for Devontae too often? Devontae is 414 yards on the year. Yeah. 29 receptions. It's pretty good. It's not it's a solid pace. He had a, a long of 82.8. So again, if you you gotta take if you if you balance things out, and this is where analytics are better than straight stats, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll do things. Like take out the big plays, take out the the shitty little plays or whatever, and they'll find an average of of who you are and what you are as a player, right? Again, no, I I, I don't think he's looked great. I think he's looked okay. I don't think he looks like Green Bay Devontae Adams. And I totally agree with Mario. The the Raiders are consistently in a in a position where they have to throw the football. That is true. I mean, the defense, the secondary is weak, although they should be better because they have Chandler Jones and Max Crasby, so they should get a ton of pressure, but yeah, but we we expect know. things, they you know, like you out. said, Mike, with all that talent, I understand there's a bunch of talent there, but there has to be some continuity as well. You're looking at a bunch of really, really great athletes, Waller, Renfro, Adams. Renfro's Jacobs. been awful this year for some reason. I know, reason. Yeah, but the point is, you, you brought out, with all the stuff off the field that happened with the Raiders last year, from their coach to rugs, all this other stuff going on, oh, yeah, jo- Jacobs is in a contract year. You got a bunch of different things happening. We know that Josh McDaniels is not the biggest of presence in the room when you want to talk about guys that want to run through a wall for somebody. It's not McDaniels isn't the guy that I see when I when I see a coach like that. So trying to get them to have continuity and develop chemistry, it's it's going to be tough. You got all the talent there, no question, Mike. But I don't think that it, that, that directly transfers over to chemistry instantly with some certain players. All right. That's true. Yeah, Some guess, te- sometimes teams have too much talent too, in a way, like too many big names. Well, I yeah. am going to say this too, and I'm not an avid Josh McDaniels defender, as you all know, but I'm going to be fair. Their offensive line has been shit. Their secondary is crap. That's why they tried to get Gilmore. So in pretty much every game they've been in, they've been, they've been, it's been like a one score game. So they've been close. It hasn't been like, you know, a 40 to three loss. So yeah, but they're one in four. They're dead last in the West. Oh, by the way, the Patriots are dead last in the East. So without, I know. without Josh, without Josh McDaniels, they're dead last in the East. The Jets are four and two, by the way, guys. Like they're in a playoff spot at the moment. Sauce. Wild. Wild. You know what I mean? When when Miami gets two a back, they're gonna be a better team. The Patriots yep. are so outclassed in so many different ways. And Bill Belichick's been out coached three times this year, by the way, guys. Three times he's been out coached. And they've had no, you know what I mean? And so it's, uh, he got, I mean, he got smacked around. What's his name? Mike McDaniel made him look like his daddy against, yeah. against Miami. Yeah, um, he, he got, he got, bad. he got outcoached by LaFleur at the end of the game when it mattered the most. And he got outcoached by Tomlin, even though he won the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, and that. so it's, uh, you know, like, like Bill, Bill I, well, I wouldn't say he got outcoached by Tomlin. Bill ain't the same day. without Josh on his team either. You know, it's, uh, We'll see. And they got never, a soft scratch here where they need to a lot of crazy things in the NFL this year. The Literally Patriots have never won a Super Bowl without Josh McDaniels on their coaching staff. They've lost one. 
They've lost the AFC Championship game. Never won. Is he there in two thousand one? Yes, he was on the. He was on their offensive staff. Ball boy. No, he was. He was on. He was a wide receiver coach. He's been on that team. He's been on that team. He's been in a coaching position on that team for every Super Bowl. He got trained by Charlie Weiss. Yeah, it was an honest question. I wasn't trying to be. All right, we need to move on, Connor. You got next. All right, guys, I got a good one. What's the craziest thing? That's like a conspiracy that you believe, like Tupac's still alive and living somewhere else, or like the Loch Ness monster is real, Bigfoot's real, the lottery's rigged, and they're never gonna let me win. You know, something like that that could potentially be realistic. I know Ray's gonna have one. I can already tell. <laughs> oh no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> Trying to we will, conspiracy we will, theory. We will go believe. up. We will go upside down clock. Just so Mike goes know. first. Okay, I guess that works. Upside down. Oh. Clock. I love you so much. <laughs> Hold on, I just have to wrap my brain. Let me wrap my upside down clock. Here we are. All right, Mike, you're up first. All right. Um, geez, craziest conspiracy theory that I believe. Oh man. Or anything it's, in general that's wild. There's fluoride in the water, and they're trying to get it in all our teeth so that the aliens can listen to us in outer space. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah, floor right in the water, right? No, I, I guess if I'm going to believe a general conspiracy theory, it's listen, aliens exist. I think that Touché. you know you the powers that exist? be have you know known about it for decades, and you know either the you know we deal with them or we don't. I, I'm not sure about that part, but I you know I think nice. we've been visited by other beings. Do you think if we they attacked us, we'd be wiped off the face of the earth? Oh, absolutely. You know, you're talking about something, you know, most people, when they think about like aliens, they think about like Star Wars, think about like some race that's potentially a billion years more advanced than the planet Earth. Basically, like the Patriots over the Bills for the past 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Billions. That's enough of you, sir. (laughs) Sorry, Joshua Allen is Dan now. You guys are doing great. Yeah, he is an alien. He's an alien, actually. If I was... He is, and I'm prepared prepared to report him. If I've, if I could, if I could give my suggestion to a conspiracy theorist that I wish would, conspiracy theory that I wish would die, it's all the gates. I'm done with the the gates. gates. The the Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, Bounty Gate. Let all this guy up. Come on, guys. Get the gates out of here. I'm tired of all the gates. Let it go. Let it freaking go. One team won. One team lost. Bye. Go. Get out. Bounty Gate was real. I mean. So was Spygate and so was the Flake. Yeah, yeah. I'm disputing those. Bill, Ga- I mean, Bill, Bill Gates, the I'm Bill Gates, Gates, actually, the Flake, the flake Gate was fake. I'm Bill tired Gates. of a team that is so <laughs> yes, dominant. that was true. <laughs> I'm tired of having a team that was so dominant for a period of time that you have to manufacture something of why they won. Stop. I'm done. I don't wow. want any more Gates. Get the Gates out. Hashtag knows that the Bills are going to win like nine Super Bowls and they're going to make things up. So he wants to stay out ahead of the gates. <laughs> I think Bill come Gates just Josh got Allen canceled gate. by Mario. Hey, 100%. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not I'm canceling him. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for mine? Oh, boy. Here we go. I don't think I don't think you guys will be able to handle this one. I might upset you guys, to be real with you. I'm ready. And that's different from? I think... <laughs> I think that 90% of championships in any sport is predetermined. Wow. And I'm okay with it. Ooh. I'm okay with it. I watch sports for entertainment. It's not my life like it is for other people where like it generally affects their life. Like it affects me in the moment, 
but like the next day I'm like at work and you know living life right like it's it's I watch it for entertainment but I'm I'm certain that it's all set up for the Bills to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs this year that they've been setting it up for two years right who's the heel who's the baby face they know it's been kind of going back and forth right who's who hates who who likes who bills are getting a little bit more edge obj is going to be healthy right in time to go on a run you know you had the evil empire and the patriots for years and then they they walked away on top with tom brady because i'm saying whatever happens whatever happens if their last super bowl is the philly super bowl that that eats at us for a long time we got to watch Tom Brady with New England bookmark his Super Bowls with the Rams bookmark his Super Bowls with the Rams remembering that the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl the same year as 9-11 the same year that 9-11 happened the New England Patriots in their red white and blue won the Super Bowl you know um now I really do I think a lot of sports are rigged to be real with you you think the 1980 Olympics was rigged course the u.s olympic hockey team <laughs> could be it was, mer- was a miracle great on movie. ice great they, movie. They, it was. they disney actually gives them money every year because they knew they'd write the movie off of it yeah. but you guys great ever movie. seen the untold with the basketball ref who was yeah. gambling on the games who, yeah who rigged it's yeah crazy, oh yeah yeah crazy and then like the and the nba went all out to like not let any information come out that they yep. were telling who what calls to make and like make sure the games stay closed. They wanted to make sure the games would go to seven games in the playoffs so they could make more money. I believe oh, yeah. that guy. Dude, I totally agree. I totally think that flags get thrown at opportune times in the NFL. They stay in pockets yep. at opportune times in the NFL. You've got all this. This is why I say it all the time. They have all this technology in the world. Penalties can be called from the booth. You know what yeah. I mean? Or overturned from the booth. And they hardly use that technology. Why? Not because it's going to slow down the game, because they don't want to. No, I really believe that that most of sports is fixed. Yeah, Can I, really can I jump on that, too? Game. Because I might have disagreed with you until I saw some of the games this weekend. And it's funny that you mentioned flags at opportune times, right? Like, there were so many flags at weird times, especially during that, you know, Bills-Chiefs game. I was like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Or, you know, obviously the, you know, glaring example of the weekend is Tom Brady getting a, a roughing the passer at a perfect time on a, on a really bad look, you know? Yeah, there were, there were the, two of those too. There were a couple other ones that were just, yeah, there, 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 there were. And I think to Ray's really point, bad. that's why you might have those. It's like, okay, we just, we, we just have to wait for him to kind of touch the quarterback because we can throw a flag on that. And that's how we manipulate the game. Do you ever realize too, that these games Allen versus Mahomes, Manning versus Brady, Breeze versus Rodgers. None of them are ever blowouts. You ever realize that? It's never a blowout. Nobody has a bad game on that day. I get there. It's the best versus the best, and it's the best versus the best, and everybody wants to step up for these games. But you figure in the history of all these head-to-head matchups, somebody's going to have a bad game, or somebody's just going to be phenomenal and go blow out the other team, or it's going to be a you know a bunch of mistakes, and a team's going to go up twenty-one nothing. There's no, it's never it's always down to the wire. You're telling me, okay, and here's the perfect example. You're telling me in the AFC division round. They can score with 13 seconds, and on this Sunday they scored in 12. You know what I mean, Kansas City at the, to finish the second half, 12 seconds. Yep. You telling that, me that must haunt Buffalo fans if you know any. I always, 
But I always hear this like, oh, the football gods or the baseball gods. And I'm like, yeah, what a coincidence. That Shout out to them when they come through, though. That this just happened to happen. I 100%, I 100% think it's rigged. I'm still All right. waiting. Anybody guys. else want to have last word on this before we, we finish up here? No, I'm just going to say the Mass State lottery is rigged. They're probably going to ban mm-hmm. us from this. This is probably going to get demonetized and we'll never be able to come on here again. But I still want the people to know. All right, Mario, you had first and you got last. Okay. All right, here we go. I want no you pressure. guys. Are you talking to uh, Mike? I'll go. No, I had to look at what the, what I wrote down. I actually take notes for this stuff, believe it or not, guys. It's not all improv. Not all. It's all like off. he's a teacher or something. It's not all off the head. Except I asked him a math question to find out if I was right the other day. I don't know if he ever sent me a stupid gif. I left you alone. It was right. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracy I would have corrected theories. you if it was wrong. Was it right? That was. It was calculus, yeah, it was right? right? A ma- a calculus. Math it was adding. What's wrong with you? X plus one times X. Adding is calculus. Come on. But it was a calculus. It was a calculus question. Okay. Did you get the derivative of that too? It was. No? It was twelve, right? It was <laughs> twelve. Because people were trying to tell me it was eighteen, and I was like, "No, it's 12. You guys, the three of you, would stay awake the entire time if you came to one of my classes. I just want to say that. All right. Can I come oh. in as a guest? I yeah, love absolutely. math. I love math. <laughs> I would. I loved math class growing up, so I would have been awake even if you sucked. I'm gonna love math when uh, Connor wins the Massachusetts State Lottery, and he gives me like. To, I'm gonna come in 20 grand. Him. That's all I want. I just want 20 grand. It's fine. You can no, Connor, no, no. Connor, Connor will give you a better deal. What did we, we, we said at least a million each if one of us won our, our respective lotteries, right? I think that was our deal. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just got to win the 400 million that's going on right now. No big deal. If you won 400 million, I think you should give us more than a million each. No, that's I take fair. that. No, that's fine. I'm good. I, I'm think we, I, I think we should all get 5 million. I'll take it. I'm not going to get greedy, but I'm just saying I'm the closest and I know where you live. I'm going to tell you guys if I win, you get 2 million. If I win win the 200 million that's that's on here right now, I'll give you guys all 5 million each. Somebody sent a message. Somebody sent a message. Canadian dollars. So that's like a. I was going to say, I'll give give you 500 gray Canadian. No, I'll give you five five million US. I'll give you five million US. Yeah, I'll give you five. All right. You, you give me see- five million Canadian. I don't give a shit. I mean, that's still that's, whether it's three point two mil for you. It's still five you mil guys for don't, me. You guys don't have to pay taxes. I don't have to pay taxes that's either, insane. though. They I'll send you guys the gift of five million, and you'll have to pay tax on that. Don't Whatever you give me will be. You gotta pay tax. On I just want five million there. Canadian. So that's actually cheaper for you. It's only like three point two million. You gotta get. That is way cheaper. Fair enough. That's All fair. right, that's Mario, fair. you got last. Someone took a picture of their uh, lottery ticket and said, uh, "Thanks, guys. I already know who all my cousins are in case I win." <laughs> uh, so I want you guys. I, ha- I have to reform the format the question, but I want you guys to. What is a movie that you think is an absolute banger? Billy but- Madison. But it's, I, I knew I was gonna have you go last. That's why Hold I on. I want you to know what movie is an absolute banger that possibly other people would probably be like, "Oh, you like that? You like that movie?" Okay, I just I have so many. I don't because I don't think that I don't think Billy qualifies there because I think no, a lot of people banger. like that movie. Banger, of course. What is a sleeper movie that you think is a banger, but everyone's like, "Really?" Okay. Hmm. So I want to start. With, going first? Let's start with Ray. I want to start with oh, Ray. Do, you want to? Do you want me to go, Ray? You want me to lay the table? Yeah, out? you go. You got it. So let us think one. when you're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I go ahead. One. All right. I usually I won't I won't do this all the time, but I would say "Son of a Woman" is my absolute. If it's on, it's a remote drop. I love the movie, beginning to end. Al Pacino's performance is phenomenal. I would recommend that to everybody. But when I tell people that, they're like, "Really." You like that? You like that movie? I'm like, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. And 
the end court scene does it for me. So I think Son of a Woman is my movie. I was now I get it. Now I get the question. I thought you were talking about. Okay, I get it. It didn't have to be sports or any. It could be anything. No, I thought it was like I thought it had to be a bad movie, but it has to surprise people that it's that it's that I love. Yeah, the movie. for like for I guess for me it's it's surprising to some people. Okay, uh, for me, I'm not even kidding you. This is like a top three movie for me. Mm-hmm. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Kate Hudson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Fucking, fucking love that movie. I'm I'm a big. I don't even care. Like I'll admit it to anybody. I love rom coms. Like if you put like a fucking two like late nineties or anything in the nineties and early two thousands rom coms like nine weeks and you know what I mean. Like I'll I'll watch or nine months, two weeks notice. Any sand anything with Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality, anything with Kate Hudson, anything with McConaughey, anything with J Lo, I'll watch it. Do you realize that if the Buffalo Bills do not win the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to quote that movie to you. Which one? How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Why? What is, did they talk about the Bills in that movie? No, I didn't, no. Ray. Because you can't lose something you never had. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so vain. <laughs> you probably think the song is about you. And it's a banger movie. If you guys never watched it, you should watch it. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. You ever oh, seen it, Mike Connor? I'm all for two so far. You should see it. Yeah. You would I'm I'll, actually I'll Con- Connor. You would like. You would like how to lose a guy in ten days with your with your comedy palette. I will have to watch yeah. it then. It's very funny. You would enjoy it. All right, Mike, you're up. My goal. Oh man, I have one stuck in my brain that I can't get out. But I know there's a bunch out there. I'm just gonna say the Prestige. Have you guys ever seen that? Oh, never, I've never seen the Prestige. So. Solid. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, Mario, you got it. Uh name off the cast. Uh it's Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, uh Christian Bale. Uh they are and uh Michael Caine. It's they're all upcoming uh magicians in yeah, what, so, what was it like early nineteen hundreds or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's based in the early nineteen hundreds. They're all magicians. Um it's just a really cool like I remember seeing it on, on TV one day. That's not the one with Paul Giamatti, is it? Is Paul Giamatti no. in that movie? Because yeah, he was no, in one with the... like some nineteen hundred me- magician. No, it's it's not based on on a real story, but uh, it's it's just a great movie. Like it's a little bit of a su- suspense mystery love movie. Like er- everything kind of wrapped into one. I and like just Starlight. I, yeah, I I just remember watching the movie and being like, "What is this?" And then like you, it, one of those movies you just kind of get sucked into and don't expect it. And oh, I was just amazing. like, "Wow, this movie's great!" So. Yeah, that's a good one for me. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's really good. Oh, yeah. now. I, I got three, I got three recommendations now. You'll get enthralled in the movie really, really quick. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Is a that a good one. thing. All oh, right, yeah, Connor, name one of your stupid Disney movie <laughs> Disney movies. Any and all of them doesn't matter. Name a Disney movie that came out between 2001 and 2008, and it was but not theater movies, not theater not movies, theater like movies. The, not the made for TV, TV movies, only. TV only. I could go Johnny Tsunami. Banger. Yeah, Johnny. I knew it was going to be Johnny Tsunami. I watched Paper I Brigade. To, I listened to Connor commentary. I knew it was coming. One of the greatest song, one of the greatest movies of all time. Come on, Heavyweights. Why do I know that name? You've never seen the movie? Because, dude, it was oh, one man. of those movies that were on TV, like on white. Oh shit! I was saying the Canadian channels, but they were on like the CW would have <laughs> showed it. Of course, Disney Channel. Like it's Ben, just ben Stiller was in it. All right, it was Come these on. movies that just like played on loop. Oh. They're all those like all those made for TV Disney movies. I will. I used to watch Connor commentary. I'll send you a list of them. So I knew it was coming. I knew Johnny Tsunami was going to be on there. X Blades. You guys never seen X Blades? 
X Blades. Yeah, come on. Oh, I, I, name of it. I don't think I've ever seen any of those. What? Those? You're not even naming like the real ones from the early '90s that everybody loves, like the Return of Jaffa. What are you like? What are you talking about? Who's the Return of Jaffa? I don't know him. Oh, because that was a theater movie. He doesn't watch the theater uh, Disney movies. He watches uh, the made-for-TV movies. Home only. He waits like to come out in there for free. I like <laughs> musicals. Right. Like I like uh, speaking of Hugh Jackman. Wasn't he the one in that? Um, uh, oh. The Greatest Showman. Yeah, that, yeah, Ooh, that was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was. That was, that was great. He's in a few of them. I I still walk around my house going from now on. <laughs> like it's it's. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm sitting I, here singing uh, from Sing. From the movie, the oh, movie Sing is a good movie, too. Yeah. Well, I see. I grew up. I don't know. See, I didn't grow up. I mean, my kids were young, and I think you might have missed it, Mario. I had the Frozen era in my house. Did you have the Frozen era? I did. I, the let it go, let it go. Oh, 12 fucking times an hour. Oh, <laughs> my, my, son, my son had a blanket, and he, he requested... That I would tuck the blanket into the back of his pajamas when he was watching Frozen. And so nice. he could walk around the house as Elsa. And it was the cutest thing ever. I loved it. And I think Ray brings up a great point, though. The fact is, for it for a movie to be a banger, it has to have a banging soundtrack. And on that note, Ray, can you do me a favor and hit the music? Thank you so much, everybody, for watching Who's Got Next, brought to you by Race Fortran. Of course, we are a part of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Mike, tell the people what they should do next. Guys, go follow us on Twitter. Give us a like. Do what you can. Mario, where should the people go after this? They should go and hit up the Patreon where more of the shenanigans continue. Hit that like and the subscribe button on this video. And uh, follow us for more chaos. And that is patreon.com slash VPN Sports. Connor, tell me about our audience. They're all as legit as Bailey Zappi, kid. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.